0: On this episode, I'm going to talk about the benefits of having your money united with your spouse. Stay tuned. Welcome to Debt Free Latina, the podcast where you can finally realize your dream of being debt free and feeling peace about your financial future. And now your host, Myra Alejandra Garcia. Hola, hola. Thank you so much for being here. On today's episode, I have dancer, actor, self-improvement junkie, and host of the Mamas con Ganas podcast, Valentina Izarra. Hello. Thank you Hello, so much for Myra. being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. <laughs> I, when I thought about the topic, which is somewhat controversial, um, of uniting your finances with your spouse... And me knowing your story, because we are friends through the network. We're part of the Latina Podcasters Network. So another shout out to Rita and that network who have provided great opportunities for us. But um I wanted to talk about knowing your story and knowing that you've struggled with uniting your finances before and you've been burned before. Why do you still think that's the best way to manage finances in a marriage? And so I, that's why I brought you in. So first, tell us a little bit about yourself and then go right into the topic.
1: Okay. So my name is Valentina Azara. I am the host of the Mamas Conganas podcast. I am originally from Venezuela. I grew up in between three continents, the Venezuela, South America, the United States, and France. And I am actually an actor by profession, uh, an actor and dancer, but I am a self-improvement junkie, like you said. And I that's why I created the Mamas Conganas podcast, to talk about these these, uh, self-development tools that I'm learning along my path uh, throughout my life. So that's how we met. It was an amazing uh, connection. This topic is very close and dear to my heart because I went through a very um, painful and how would I say, not just painful divorce, but also it was, it was very difficult and long divorce. I was, uh, I, I was married very young. I got married at 24 just to give you a little bit of background, I'll give you my age now. I'm 43, but I got married when I was 24. It was like, basically I married my first love. And, uh, we, uh, we were basically just two graduates of business school. Um, his family started doing, uh, export and import of medical equipment to Venezuela. And they basically, we accumulated a lot of wealth. We, uh, had a lot of properties. We had a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of, we were doing very well economically. And then, um, I found out that basically that he was being unfaithful. Uh, pretty much, <laughs> as much as he could, which is very, very painful. Obviously, right now I can talk about it as if we're like having a coffee conversation, uh, but back then it was something that had me like whirlwind, or like I basically went into a really deep depression, and I went through a two-year-long process of a divorce with lawyers. And I think one of the most painful parts about my about my separation, I was 29. And I'd been together with him since I was 18, and I really had no idea uh, that this person was like this. I think that was one of the the biggest shock factors. Sort of like you feel like you've you've been uh, all of a sudden you are starring in like one of these lifetime movies where you yeah. <laughs> you think to yourself, "I I didn't know this person at all," and it had me question a lot about things about myself, particularly my 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 judgment of other people because I really thought that I knew him, and so it was very painful to to realize that. He was not at all the person that I thought he was. Um, But then when I communicated to him that I wanted a divorce, all of a sudden I had another really difficult part to deal with, which was now the the finances, how we were going to separate these finances. And unfortunately, um, you know, from his side, all I was receiving was basically like, if I hadn't, let me put it to you this way. If I hadn't found really good lawyers, I would have been left back on the streets with nothing from, uh, you know, from living a very, um abundant, affluent and sort of wealthy lifestyle. I was, I was gonna, I was thinking that I might end up living back with my parents at 29 with a five and a half month old baby. Those two years of the of the process in court were extremely painful. I mean, I remember just like crying myself to sleep mostly every night. And it got to the point like a year into the divorce where I was adamantly strong against like depression pills, but I had to start taking them because I was doing so I was so delicate and fragile emotionally at that point. Um, It was also a moment though, however, like a a period where I I grew up a lot when it had to do with my finances. I had to come to terms with a lot of mistakes that I had made during my marriage. I realized one of the biggest aha moments for me or one of the biggest revelations was that I had basically gone from being the daughter of my father to being the daughter of my ex-husband. And what I mean by that is that I had pretty much allocated all the responsibilities of the finances on him. And I didn't know what our budget was, what the money that was coming in, how much it was, where it was going. The moments where I had sort of wanted to get involved and, and given my take on the investments that we were making, like, for example, we had some real estate uh, properties that we had bought. And I remember on the several locations where I had voiced my Disagreement with buying certain properties. I was sort of brushed aside. And instead of sort of reinstating my position as an equal partner, I sort of let him take care of it and thinking to myself, well, he'll know how to handle it. I guess I don't know anything. And I think I took the position that a lot of women take where they underestimate their value in terms of what they can bring to the couple when it comes to decision making around money. So I, I sort of became the daughter and I wasn't really the wife. Or the partner, right? Yes, I wasn't really involved. And so, obviously, when you come to the point where you know that now you're going to have to take 100% full responsibility for your own financial future, it's a huge shocker, right? And now that I'm 43, I'm so happy that it happened at 29 because the wake up call happened quite young at a moment in time where I could, you know, where my child was still young. And although at the moment I thought it was like the most devastating thing that could happen to me. And mind you, I was a, I'm a business, like I'm an actor now. I'm an actor now, and I was an actor then. But in reality, I graduated from business school, and I also studied journalism. So I knew that you know that I wasn't completely you know in the dark, or that I was able to I was going to be able to find a job and do something for myself in the future. But I was still scared, scared to death. <laughs> Absolutely, know. yeah. At that moment, and I didn't know what my outcome would be. Thank God that at the end of the two years, I was able to keep the home that I live, that I still live in right now. A beautiful apartment in Miami, and I also received a uh, an amount of money that was quite uh, large. That I knew that I it wasn't going to come across every day, and so that I knew that I had to be very smart with it. But by that time, I think it had been two years where I'd been doing. You know, I realized, oh my gosh, this is the standard of living that I was having. How am I going to support that standard of living now, now that I wasn't next to the breadwinner? Like, what was I going to have to do? What would it require for me to be able to not sort of dig into that amount that I was getting? And because when my idea was when I got the, the, the amount of money that was allocated to me it was like, well, now I need to be able to put that for my retirement. Like, I don't want to touch it. It's a pot that I don't want to touch because I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know how I'm going to be able to um, to save for my retirement right now. And on top of that, I have a child and now I have to pay everything. And although I was really lucky that also, and I'm going to be, I'm just going to disclose these things because I think it's important for people to know, for me to be honest as to how I was left, my my home was also completely paid for. So th- those are the two things that I was left with. But I have a very expensive condominium fee in Miami. I had property taxes that were extremely high. So I didn't know that even if it was paid for completely the house, at that moment, I didn't know how I was going to be able to maintain myself here even with the the, the apartment completely paid off because I'm it was it was very it was a, it was a big amount that I had to pay and it was a very eye-opening time because for the first time I sat down and I looked at my fixed expenses and my variable expenses and just how much money I was spending on manicures and facials and travel and all of these other things and now when you're left sort of at you know square one you're trying to figure out well how do i even you know now i have to figure out the education for my child and and food how am i going to pay for this you know the, everything you know needless to say i was left uh not trusting uh men in general or thinking that it would be impossible in the future for me to join and particularly now when i had an amount of money that I was leaving for my future there was no way that I was going to let anybody come into my life where I was going to allow for us to like split the money or for us to kind of join join forces when it came to the finances halfway through the divorce interestingly enough I was not looking for it at all like you know when you're not you don't look for anything at all and then it just comes I met my now husband he he literally met me at my worst moment of my life. Like I sometimes I remember back then I would think to myself, I don't know how this man is with this woman that he doesn't even like I remember thinking to myself, he doesn't know the version of Valentina that's happy, that's like happy go lucky, that's like adventurous and joyful and fun. He met me during, you know, the moment I had literally just started taking like anti depression pills. Like literally that's when he came into my life. And in the beginning we were both he had had his heart broken as well. And uh, we didn't know if it was going to be something that you know was gonna work out he was only here temporarily he was studying uh dentistry or he had he was already a dentist but he was studying a specialty down here we met each other through my sister and um we came together where at a moment where we had both been heartbroken and we'd both been disappointed by past relationships he's uh four years younger than me so I met him I was 30 he was 27 I was about to turn 31. And we gave it, but we gave it a go. I think one of the things that really helped us, I have to uh, disclose is that we both had really good examples of what a real marriage and a, beautiful like marriage is because both of our parents have beautiful relationships to this day and he he has his parents who are happily married my parents also and both of their partnerships were partnerships where the money was combined and they did well together and so i think we still we had that grained yeah and we had that to look to but we didn't know how we were going to get there because <laughs> we were both, we were both extremely distrustful when it came to the finances particularly me because I had something to lose, right? I had my house and I had uh my trust. It was a slow process. It wasn't something that happened overnight at all. I think it was up until very recently. And what I mean very recently is like in the recent couple years, it was still like that thorn in our relationship. Yeah. Because we we had we were we slowly and slowly combined each other's things. In the beginning, it was it was like, everything was separate right
0: right
1: it was like i paid for everything that had to do with my son luciano who was very young at the time he was like a year old when we first met uh that was 2010 we moved in together a year later 2011 and he decided he he was able to find a job down here which he was very happy about cuz he he always said oh the, the market is very saturated in south florida you know to to have a a successful practice as an endodontist, uh, he's a root canal specialist. It's going to be super hard, but he was able to make it happen. And and then little by little we started doing our finances. And I would always do the spreadsheets and like and I was very open, very transparent when it came to everything. So I would do like, you know, Valentina's expenses and Mark's expenses and then like, mutual, you know, joint expenses together. I will say we always had access. We were always open. One of the things that I think we were always transparent about was in showing each other what we had. So that was never hidden. I was never trying to hide how much I had, how much money I had. I was never trying to spend on things that he didn't know about. I think that can be very like a a big mistake that sometimes couples can make. And I will say, I think it is a mistake when you hide things from your spouse. Because if you're hiding uh, things when it comes to finances, I think the hiding sort of bleeds into other areas in general. So I'm I'm a person who truly believes in like, if you, if you want, a lot of people say they want a beautiful and they want a transparent marriage when it comes to everything, but then they're not willing to actually do it. And I know that it's hard because it, it brings about a lot of disagreements. Like we had a lot of disagreements in terms of how we saw money, the, the way that our, our money stories growing up were completely different. Like the way that we saw, like what money was for was very different for him versus what I thought money was for. Um, I grew up in a household where money was more like, it was more for spending. It was more for enjoyment. And it's not that you don't ever that you're not responsible for it but it's more there to give you pleasure and to give you things that will make you happy right he grew up in an environment his parents are from Canada which which is very telling cuz Canadians tend to be or they're known for being a little bit more conservative with their money so he came from another completely different sort of upbringing when it came to money for him money was about it was about saving And saving more and saving some more. (laughs) So you can imagine how there was a lot of clash sometimes uh, when it came to the way that we saw money. But it's really cool. Because when you start having these conversations openly, and you start talking about it vulnerably, and yes, you're going to have your disagreements. And my husband and I are both very feisty. But I think what helped us was that we were both willing to have these difficult conversations at conversations that would leave us feeling very angry with each other many times.
0: Yes. I can <laughs> relate.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not something I, I, it's like, you know, money. They, I always say it's like sex. It's like one of the most intimate, intimate conversations that you will ever have with anybody. Yes, It is so intimate. Maybe sometimes it's more intimate than sex, right? Because it, you know, money kind of, bleeds into every single aspect of our lives, how much we spend on, on the education of our kids, how much we spend on food, on dining, on travel. I mean, literally everything. So when you're not like, when you're not coming eye to eye with your partner, it's like the point where you're just like, you want to strangle the other, the other person, you know, but it's, it's so worth it. That's all I can say, Myra. It's so worth it because when you finally, when you're able to be open and vulnerable about this, the other person starts understanding your points of view, and then you start understanding their point of view. And I think we started doing like a hybrid. Like I adopted a lot of his mentality, and he adopted a lot of mine mentality. Yeah. So- it's it works for us, right? I think every couple has their way of handling money, but it now it, it it just it just works for us, and it's still not perfect. It's still something that we have a conversation around with constantly. I think money is one of those things that you can, if you want to ignore your money, if you ignore money, money will ignore you. That's all I say. Yeah. <laughs> like if you don't if you don't take this pillar of your life seriously, then forget about being abundant. And I think a lot of times. We grow up in a society that has as one of like has this belief that things will just come and that we don't need to take responsibility for it or be consistent with it or be disciplined with it. I think in order to enjoy the fun aspect that money has, because it does give you things that are fun, in order to enjoy that aspect of it, you need to step into your discipline, into your responsibility, into your consistency, which is something that I that I think a lot of people are resistant to do. Yes. So (laughs) I talked a lot. I could keep on going and going. You're good. You're good.
0: So I have a question. What can we do to build trust in in the area of finances if you're unsure about combining them? So I have a client who has shared with me, I don't want to combine them because I'm scared. I'm scared of what you said, that it's going to create the conflict that is, you know, Usually we have in in a marriage, there's one that tends to be the spender and one that tends to be more of the saver. And so both are sometimes hard to listen to the other because the spender doesn't want to save and the saver doesn't want to spend. But really what I've learned in my marriage is that when you combine them, I tend to be more of the saver. And so... I probably wouldn't have a life if I didn't have my husband who's a little more adventurous. And and I think what's interesting that and something I've learned is that he tends to be a saver in other areas of his life, right? So where I tend to, well, let's go out to eat. And I don't mind spending in certain areas where he was raised eating at home all the time. So I think it varies depending on the topic and category that you're talking about. So what would you recommend for a wife that is really struggling with combining her finances with their spouse?
1: That's a really good question. I think the place to start with is actually both opening up to what their situation is, right? And somebody has to take the reins in the relationship. Interestingly enough, I'm the the spender, But however, I'm the one to do all the spreadsheets. So it's really funny because my husband's always worried like, oh, we don't have enough for this. And I'm like, you haven't seen the numbers. And then when I show him the numbers, he's like, "Whew!" and he like breathes. Right. Because he's like, "Okay, you're right. We do have enough. Right. But I. I am the one, although I tend to be the spender, I'm also the one that goes back to the numbers and starts looking at the numbers. And I think looking at the numbers and what reality is in, what the reality is in your household right now is the first thing to do. Both people come with their bank accounts that are separate, right? And you look at what the spending habits are for both of you. But like I'm talking, I did it to the point where it was like expense. And I still do this, by the way. And it takes a long time for me to do it, but it's like the most, one of the most gratifying exercises that I do. And then I put everything in categories, right? So you can, when you have your finances separate, you kind of have to do two different works because it's like what this, how this person, you know, what they spend on and, and, and what they take on as a responsibility for the household. And then what this person does. But I think you have to be first willing to be open about what you spend and you have to be willing to like exchange passwords and stuff when it comes to that. I think it's impossible to get to the next level beyond that. Then I think the next step would be to open up. And this we did very fairly on. We opened up a mutual account pretty much when he moved in. So although we weren't uh, sharing the 50/50 of everything or we we weren't completely together in everything, everything wasn't joint yet. We opened up a mutual a mutual account where we where we had our mutual expenses go through that, right? And then little by little we joined forces. I think the other next step would be to once you have those numbers down is to sit down and like make a plan for your financial future. Because if you don't know where you want to end up, then there's no way of Seeing what it is that you need to do in order to get there. A lot of people say, "Oh, well, I want to," you know, for retirement, I want to have this amount of money, but they're doing absolutely nothing to get there, right? For example, or they they have a dream of buying a second home, and I don't know somewhere, or they want to buy their first home, but they have no idea how they're going to get there because they don't even have They haven't even put the numbers down and seen like what they can do. Knowing that if people have no idea when it comes to finances, I would also say that's something that would be very helpful, and I think. It, although it will be an expense at first, I think it will end up paying in the long run is to get either a financial coach or a financial advisor. So that was something that we always had. Interestingly enough, when my husband came into the re- relationship, I had already interviewed a bunch of financial advisors because I had you know, needed to decide what to do with the money that I was left with. So I had to start doing research when it came to that. So when he came into the picture, I already had an idea as to you know, um, I had a portfolio and I had, I had somebody that I could talk to when it came to my finances. So if you have no idea in terms of budgeting or planning, I highly recommend that you get somebody who can help you set up a plan. And I think the more that time goes on and the more that you realize that you can trust each other because you've set boundaries. Oh, something that's very important too is like, for example, we had, we always have, like a certain amount of money that we know that we can't spend without the approval of the other. Yes, we have that too. It's like, and you know, as you make more money, that number changes. It's quite, it's very, it's quite significant what that number is versus what it was in the beginning of the relationship. But I think it's very important to establish that is a very important boundary. Like if somebody spends, You know, and for some relationships, it might not be this, but, you know, they spend a thousand dollars. You could get very angry if that person spends a thousand dollars without you knowing Uh, they could get angry or you could get angry. It's not fair for somebody to make the decisions just by themselves. Right. Particularly decisions that are big and that are going to impact the couple in a big way.
0: Absolutely. I 100 percent agree.
1: But I want to say something that I think will encourage uh, my life coach said it to me. I don't know if I'll be able to say it as beautifully and elegantly as he, he says that there's there's a type of horse, and I forget the name of the type of the horse, so don't ask me the type of horse, but there's a horse <laughs> that carries a certain load, right? That's able to carry a certain load, a certain amount, right? That he's able to carry. Well, if you join and you put two of the same horses carrying the load, you'll actually not, you you'd think that you'd be able to carry double the load, right? but in reality it multiplies by way more than by 2 and i think that this is what happens when couples join their finances together if you think you can attain a financial goal by yourself if you join forces with your partner and you you actually get your partner on board as to financial planning the amount of money that you can save up the amount of money that you can invest the amount of money that you can step into is much greater than twice as much what you can on your own. So if you're the person who's responsible, get him excited about looking at the numbers. Get him excited about planning for your financial future. I did an episode that's going to come out in March. I don't know when this episode is coming out, but in March of 2023 it's coming out and I talk I talked to a financial advisor about the compounding interest of money. And so if you if you uh, a lot of people don't realize, but if they just put $100 away, and they make it work for themselves, not leave it in a savings account, but just make it work for themselves. I think what in 25 years or something, it could be like $70,000. It's crazy. It's insane how much money you can actually save. And when you start letting your partner, if you get financially educated and then you start getting your partner involved in it and you get excited about doing that together, it can be a place where you come together, where you feel excited to join forces rather than it being a point of conflict and a point of of disagreement Mm -hmm. and although you might still have some disagreement in the long run the conversation will take you to a place where you'll be like thank god that i did this you know now i'm on my way to really becoming abundant with my partner
0: absolutely i love that it also forces you to grow up a little because oh, I feel like like if you cannot have this conversation with your spouse, that's a red flag to me that there is a lot of immaturity that you have to kind of break through first. There's a lot more at the core before you even get to this money topic, because if absolutely. they don't want to talk about it at all, then there's more issues there than money.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think it's really interesting that you say that. It's like you're growing up and I, I get chills because I remember when I, when I started to finally take the reins of my finances and to look at my numbers, I said to myself silently in my head, I said, I'm a grown up. I think we don't really grow up until we take financial responsibility. There is no growing up without that. If you're still, you know, even if you're not the breadwinner of your household, I still urge women to know what's coming in and what's going out because you don't know. I mean, you don't know if your spouse, your spouse can die. You can get divorced, unfortunately, or your, your spouse can become disabled. I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't want to ever take that chance again. I knew for me that like moving forward, that I would never allow that to happen again. And I would never allow my spouse to make an investment, like let's say a, another, like a property without me being okay with it. And I also would never buy a property or do something that would be, that would also be such a big decision without him. It's kind of like both people have to be on board. You want to, it's like your business partner, right? And it's such an important aspect of of life that why don't you want to make it like something that molds you together and that brings you joy and that gets you excited. A lot of people, I think, lie to themselves and and say, well, we're fine or whatever. But then they don't like their spouse doesn't know how much you're spending or, you know, they don't they want to hide things because it's like, well, you know, for the moment of when this happened, I understand that because I went through that for many years, (laughs) you know, and it's it was it's interesting how we just we worked our way through it. Very slowly. And I'm not saying just like jump in, trust anyone that comes. And like, I think it takes a while for the person to win your trust when it comes to that. But I think little by little, if you work at it, it could be something that can bring you together and that will make you feel more stronger than ever. Like I said, it doesn't have to be overnight, but I think if you work towards that and you plan for your financial future, you could sit back and I know that for us it's 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 something. I think it's the thing that we're the most proud of in our marriage is is that aspect because it's been the hardest one that we've had to work with. And interestingly enough, now the money, you remember the money that I talked about that I that I had to put in a trust and everything? It was only last year that I was finally able to say, you know what, this now belongs to both of us. Wow, that's wonderful. And I, and I thought it would never happen. I mean, I thought never in a million years am I ever going to allow... But you know what? It it was a combination of many things. Like I think he did have to prove himself a lot. He was also the breadwinner. And so it's like when he started no longer seeing me as separate from him, I also started seeing him as not separate from me. Yes. So it took... It's not like all of a sudden, you know, 11 years later, 12 years later after we met, I'm just like, oh, here, here you go. I'm going to add your name on here. No, it took a lot. He took a lot from him and he had to prove himself. And I had to prove myself to him as well. I had to prove myself that I was responsible. That I was also willing to come together with him and also be a saver. Cause now it's interesting, but like we've sort of become this one. Now I'm also like, no, 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 that's too expensive. We can't do that. No, I'd rather spend on something else. You know, you become more grown up, like you said, more, more mature. But it's it's an amazing feeling. Am I the most responsible person? With money, I'd be here and I'd be lying if I say that I if I said that I was, but I am like a million times further along than I was before. And I'm extremely proud of of where we are right now when it comes to that and where I am as a woman, uh, because I've grown up. It's pretty
0: cool. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Valentina, for sharing your story and encouraging women that may be struggling with this, because I think it's it's hard to trust. It's hard to change. It's hard to really open up to new ideas. But I really do believe that it brings abundance and it takes us away from having a scarcity mindset.
1: Absolutely. And I want to say one thing. You know, it's interesting because people, women who make the money, who are the breadwinners, they have a hard time splitting it because they're like, well, I make more than he does. Right. But then the women who make less and are, let's say, the the homemakers, they complain that their their spouse might not be as open or not as generous as as they want him to be right and i think it takes a lot of self-introspection on both ends um if you're considered the one to be the irresponsible one let's say and your husband wants to keep you on cuz i know relationships like this where the husband's the one to make the most money and he wants to keep the like give her like a an allowance right and i think when i hear that i'm like no 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 we are it's like you're not a kid You know, but in order to get to the point where your husband trusts you with the money, if you're known as being the one that's irresponsible with the money, then you do things to show him that you're a grown up when it comes to that. And become financially literate, read about it, talk more about it, like become interested in the subject. And I know that, like, this was the last topic that I wanted to talk about when I was young. (laughs) Is <laughs> it like literally the last thing. But it's so interesting because once you do step into that, you realize like, wow, there's nothing more empowering for a woman than empowering herself through her financials. And, and on the other flip side, if you're the woman who makes the most money, but you want to trust your husband in every aspect, but you don't trust him when it comes to money. Well, there's an issue there as well, right? Absolutely. It's like if you want if you want him to be completely faithful to you but you're not being completely faithful to him when it comes to finances because i think all of these things are sort of intertwined then you you know you start you know you want him to love you more than anyone else but you're still not willing to like open up when it comes to finances like have these conversations openly you know and be vulnerable about it i think sometimes we have to be able to to say where we're scared i mean i had to tell my husband a million times like you know, because he would be like, you know, it, you know, it's gotten to the point. You know, he'd be he'd be like mad. Like everything I have is yours, but still, some things that are yours are not mine. And and those were really difficult conversations to have. But I think when you start little by little showing who you are and stepping up, I think when we step up, we are encouraging our partner to step up as well. And it's it's a give and a take. Yes.
0: Thank you so much, Valentina. Where can people find you? Uh,
1: you guys can find me on at Mamas um, That's my uh, That's the podcast on Instagram, uh, Twitter. My uh, webpage is mamasconganaspodcast.com. Follow me on social media and listen to the podcast. My podcast is also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Mamas Conganas Podcasts. Awesome. And she's great. You should
0: definitely tune in. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Myra. Thank you so much for your beautiful platform. And for, you know, I think it's so beautiful what you do, the topics that you bring to light and um, what you're doing for women. Thank
0: you. Stay tuned for next week. Thanks for listening to Debt Free Latina. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can take Myra with you on your journey to become debt free as you build financial wealth. Looking for more? Follow Myra on Instagram at debtfree.latina facebook at debtfree latina and online at debtfreelatina.com